morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. It's breakfast somewhere. Welcome to Breakfast with Vinny. Eat up. Go Q Public versus the Muso. Okay, let's see what that's about. We'll get on with it. We'll get it 30 minutes or less. So... What am I talking about here? Joe Q Public versus the Muso. What is this, like a wrestling match? Nope. <laughs> Wasn't sure exactly how to phrase that or talk about it. Other than how people listen to music. What does that mean? Okay. I wonder, I sometimes wonder how many musicians actually put themselves in position of how non-musicians listen to music. And I'm sure that you may think, well, I'm sure there are a lot of songwriters and producers who, you know, try to latch onto what they think the public wants and what they like and take, they have a barometer of that sort of thing and then they figure out their formulas and their algorithms and this, that, and the other thing and they're second guessing, second guessing, oh, I've got my finger on the trigger, okay, I've got it now. Yep, here we go. I know exactly what they want. I know what's best for them. And many of them do. They write hit after hit after hit after hit after hit, and they find their formula or algorithm or whatever it is, and it's successful. And, okay, really? But according to who and according to what and according to why? What do I mean by that? Well, how much of it has to do with the zeitgeist? How much of it is is that sort of thing and what time period are we looking in? You know, if we look at what we're getting by and large now fed through, you know, major media, even with the democratization, quote unquote, of music through channels where anyone can sort of just, you know, put their stuff out there and um, do whatever it is that they that they can to sort of market themselves and get themselves heard and seen and everybody's apparently competing for the eye gates and the ear gates. Um, <laughs> but we still have big media that's, you know, pumping stuff down our throats, telling us this is, this is what you're going to get. And so I'm sure there are arguments on either side of it in terms of, well, we have these shows now where we can showcase new talent and, uh, They'll get a chance to be heard and they'll be seen on national TV and their dreams will come true and, okay, fair enough, fair enough. But then there's also this sort of, you know, tacit kind of hope or underlying promise of some some career unfolding from it or, you know, and, and of all the people that you see on these shows, how many of them actually go on to do that? Very, 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 very small percentage, I'm sure. And so, and there you go. And sometimes it becomes like a circus act. And speaking of zeitgeist, I think that we're steeped in sensationalism now. Just complete sensationalism and and just that's the sort of content. So if if you contrast that with, say, the 1950s or 1960s, you know, you, you didn't really need to force feed, let's say jazz, for example. You know, someone like Bill Evans or Miles. You didn't have to really force feed 
any of that stuff down anybody's throats because it was just there and people were familiar with it. And they, they kind of, it was just in their, in their sphere of consciousness. Um, I think that's something to talk about on another episode where we talk about, um, just the kinds of things that we would see in mainstream then versus the kind of things that are mainstream now. But Joe Q public doesn't really care about, you know, the harmonic complexity of your track or the rhythmic complexity of it. They're just reacting. That's not to say that they can't or they wouldn't care. Um, it just means that they're, they're not thinking the way the musicians are at that moment. That's, that's all I'm saying. And they're not just reacting. They just listen to music differently. They're listening for a storyline. They relate to the lyric. You know, I like the beat, you know. I mean, they're just not listening on the same level as musicians are. So sometimes songwriters who really understand, they're operating from a specific base of recognizability, a certain kind of order um, that's recognizable, and they operate from a specific base and if they expand upon that harmonically or from any other kind of influence, it's not like they're doing it to just get away with something. They're, it's not disingenuous. It's genuine, sincere sort of expansion of whatever it is that they're adding on to what they already are putting out versus somebody who's just writing a bunch of stuff that sounds like it's just complexity for its own sake. And interestingly enough, I think probably many musicians and non-musicians alike can recognize that viscerally. And so it's even beyond being educated. It's just a question of the integrity of whatever it is that you're putting out there. I mean, a good example of that would be Take 5 from Dave Brubeck or Blue Rondo a la Turk, which is something that I'm digging into as an example, which predates a lot of people. But no matter, I think it's a good example that just popped into my head, whereby those things were made accessible to people and people were exposed to and understood five, four time and, you know, time in nine. And, uh, and they injected those elements in a recognizable way. So really, I think that in terms of perception, I mean, I've seen it time and time again where people people can get used to just about anything I, I think that they're just they can just get used to it they didn't care if some of the best songs in the 60s were done with click tracks or they weren't done with click tracks or if they were on the grid or if they were auto-tuned or any of that garbage they didn't care they just heard a great song they liked it and they heard it over and over and they didn't hear mistakes and nothing really grated at them that was so wrong because the tempo was so bad or the tuning was so bad or whatever other kind of parameters you could impose on it that they complained and asked for their money back. And as a musician, I know that many of us who have gone on to become professional musicians could probably say the same thing. We really didn't care. And it didn't affect our ability to develop professional skills because we grew up with records that were that imperfect. They really weren't they just they're just what they are and they're just different and people could get used to all sorts of things and uh you know 80s music when everything was very 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 sequenced and tight and 
musicians had to play really tight with sequences and otherwise they get sampled and you know and, or just cut to I know some musicians that would tell me and I tried to go in to do a, a track the other day and I I couldn't tune my guitar to the track because the samples were so out of tune but there was an audience that got used to hearing that as well and yes things are contextual but I'm just making a point that all of those elements that that are that different just really didn't affect people in a way where they suddenly said, hang on a second, I'm listening to all this sort of metrically perfect stuff and now I'm hearing all this really loose stuff. And um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that people weren't thinking along those lines. I would highly doubt it. I just think that um, trying to second guess people and beat them at their own at their own game is just kind of futile. I think that if you do that, then you end up with algorithms. Now we've got, I mean, to me, a lot of really what, what I hear in mainstream you know, pop music and things like that is just, it just sounds like one big algorithm in various genres that it's just, just one algorithm. It sounds like the same song over and over and over and over and over. I mean, I can't really discern much of a difference. And so if you're going to do that, then... That's what you're going to get. And really, and people just take it, but that's what they're fed. They take it, but they're fed that. And if that's what you're fed, then, well, okay. Maybe you don't know any different. They haven't been exposed to a higher standard through mainstream media. I've seen people that have grown up with parents that had a wide variety of musical interests. And so they were... I mean, there, there was no filter there. Regardless of where they grew up, it was just, they heard everything. And then they gravitated towards what they wanted to gravitate toward and at least appreciated everything. And, you know, I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen more than once. And um, so just if you give the people that many choices instead of an algorithm, then they'll respond even back in the 60s when i was too young to even be doing gigs and out there playing professionally i was still a kid i mean i just know that the stories of all these concerts that were going on and they would just sort of put these bands together on one bill that were just so contrastingly different that everybody liked it nobody asked for their money back they liked it it's, pro, it's all perception and uh, conditioning. I was once in a restaurant in Italy with my friend. We were doing a record there. And it was an amazing Italian restaurant. And we suddenly were sitting there eating, and, and I stopped and I said to him, I can't believe it. They're actually playing Bill Evans, and nobody's leaving, and nobody asked for their money back. And they had a compilation of rare Bill Evans that they were playing in the restaurant, and all was well. It was wonderful. It didn't sound like a nightclub. It didn't sound like many times today if I go to a restaurant, it sounds like a club. Going to a hotel lobby, sounds like a club. Going to a hair salon, sounds like a club. 
you're always in the club. I don't want to be in the club, you know? I don't want to be in a freaking nightclub now, okay? I'm in a restaurant or I'm wherever I am. And it's just the most hideous form of musical wallpaper. It's just ridiculous. Going back to what I was saying before about things that you would see on primetime that you wouldn't see now, that's something to explore in depth a little bit more in another episode. But people are not dumb. They're just, they're just not given on a large scale, large media scale. They're just not given that kind of food. And so if you were to trust the audience today, you might be trusting them based on their sort of collective criteria of how much sensationalism are you displaying because that's what they're used to hearing. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like like a film noir critic going into some thinking space movie and just saying, well, this, this is a piece of crap, right? Well, hello, you know, that's just not your cup of tea, mate, is it? You know, you're imposing a different set of criteria on something else. So could it be that the zeitgeist is imposing a set of criteria on us today that actually clouds our ability to discern because of what we're fed most of the time in large doses in mainstream media? Maybe, I don't know. And so trusting the audience is something that was also spoken about uh, by the great Bill Evans in a 1966 TV documentary that I've seen uh, under two different titles, The Universal Mind of Bill Evans or Creative Process and Self-Teaching. And um, at that time, I believe that they were given a broader palette of food through mainstream media. You might be more apt to trust the audience who was better informed. They didn't need to be musicians, but they were exposed to a higher standard through the media that was available to them. So now that we have all these choices, don't feed the bad wolf. Just get your music from the sources that you can get your music and starve the garbage. Quick shout out to Rode Microphones, www.rode.com, R-O-D-E.com for their amazing audio and video mics. I use them to record myself and for my cameras and for the Rodecaster Pro hardware podcasting piece, which I use for this podcast, makes this podcast possible and makes podcasting fun. And for the Rode Reporter app for the iPhone. Highly suggest you check them out. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of Breakfast with Vinny.